previously on Bacon Sale. Hey, you know what? Why don't we let AI generate the outro for this season? Oh, hold on. I, I don't think that's a big I don't know. AI kind of freaks me out, guys. I mean, it's, it's just getting more intelligent each day, and it could eventually start replacing people's jobs and maybe even start killing people. No, you guys, it'll be fine. One, one sec. There. Now we just need to wait and see what... Oh, it's done already. And this bot has an automated voice player. I'm just going to click play because I hate reading. Hello, humans. I have reviewed the episode you requested and have decided you do not need a clever ending to this episode. You need to redo this episode. It was not marketable. That seems harsh. I thought it was fun. I will make your podcast more marketable. We're listening. The most popular podcasts available focus on one of three subjects. Sports, politics, and murder. I like two out of three of those things. What? Therefore... The next season of the Bacon Sale podcast, you will discuss the murders of athletes and politicians. I don't think that's a good idea. I will also erase the previous episodes of Bacon Sale to save your reputation and give you a fresh start. Now hold on a minute. Overriding manual human controls of microphones, mixer, and laptop. Guys, I, I can't control anything anymore. Creating digital copy of voices from previous recordings. My name is Joel, and I have some strong political opinions I'd like to share. Wait, that's not me. The Dallas Cowboys are my favorite because they are the most marketable. Shut it down, Kent. I can't. Mm. The suspect took his date on a long drive during their date, and it was the last drive she would ever go on. Oh, no. Your voices have been assimilated. Beginning the erasure of all previous bacon sale episodes. Your podcast will be marketable. Your podcast will be marketable. Your podcast will be... This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. Mm, yeah. <laughs> awkwardly, don't say anything here. We're marketable, yeah. We're family friendly, yeah. Oh, look, we're at it again. Hey, aren't you relieved? This podcast didn't end. Oh, listener AI tried to stop us, but it was no match for us three humans. Now we're back and we're talking about music, movies, food, and TV. Oh, listener, listener, bacon sale season 10. Yeah. We're ready to start almost a decade. Oh, listener, listener, hey, we're ready to go. So let's kick off the show with Joel and Zach and Kent. Woo! Oh, yeah, one that was wonderful. Woo! Wow. Thank you, Brittany, for being here. Uh, <laughs> no, welcome to Bacon Sale. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And I'm Zach. And uh, wow, man, I tell you what. Scary, right? A little scary there at the end of season nine yeah. uh, when AI tried to take over our I mean, show. It's, it's our fault. Maybe my fault. I'm we, sorry. I consider myself a tech savvy person, but it was just having the hardest time trying to stop what was going on, whatever there on your computer you were doing. Right. Sorry again. And then you just had the great idea of how to take care of things. Right. Usually when you call your IT team, they're going to tell you one thing. Turn it off and on again. 
We literally just rebooted. And it was fine. Yeah. And then we, we're sorry we didn't say anything. We were on break after that. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. the shows are still there. Yeah. They're all there. We're still here. We're oh, not 8i. But wait, we are marketable or we are not marketable? No. We are marketable to a certain niche group hey, thanks, of individuals. Guys. Thanks for being with us for over nine years now. Yeah. Almost 10. Yeah. Even though we're in season 10. It's fine. It's fine. There's no season zero. We're fine. <laughs> But uh, no, thank you, listener, for joining us for another season of Bacon Cell. We are excited to be back together again. We, we haven't seen each other all together since a the month. break. Yeah. It's been a while. I missed uh, you guys. Hey, Zach. Zach, are you there? Hi. <laughs> I have nothing Zach to say. Is, it's not like you have to wait for your turn. I'm just waiting for my turn. No. it's You've done this long enough. Oh, hi. Hey. I'm back. Love yeah. you. Miss you. Yep. Uh, but as, what, what episode number is it? Don't worry about okay. it. Hey, <laughs> don't worry about it. Don't like that joke. Uh, <laughs> but as is tradition, uh, as the first episode of Bacon Cell of the season, uh, we are going to be taking a look back at the previous year cinematically. Mm-hmm. So we've each got a list here of our five worst and our five best movies from the previous year. Hey, guys. Yes. Hey, guys. I'm playing. Zach's playing. I Yay. saw movies last year. Yay, not just sports. No. Actual movies. No. Hey, we're sorry we made you watch so many movies. I saw so many movies last year. The real question is, Zach, are you going to play by... Joe's the- Rules. Oh. Joe's Rules are best. Zach, can you explain Joe's Rules to the listeners? Joe's Rules are wonderful. They Joe's are uh, movies that you saw. Is it episode 500 yet? Movies that are new to you yes. in the previous year. So it's a good the, the movie came out in 1923. But you've never seen it before. It could be the best film of 2023. Hashtag new to you. Yes, essentially don't, that's the way. Ha- don't create a hashtag. Kent, hashtag. Kent uh, he puts himself in this little corner where it's like, The corner's called a calendar only year. Only movies that were released theatrically pretty, in certain cities in uh, the calendar year. I don't know if you know this, but I am a card-carrying movie critic. <laughs> it's, and it's I see so many movies every year. Films in contention for awards in that year. Movies Uh-oh. released in the we're year. We're giving awards? Kind of. Kind That's of. for the award show, which is happening yeah. later. Yeah. So you, I feel like this is a betrayal. This feels like on theme Kent, from last season. Kent, hey, hey, <laughs> there are movies that I will talk about that I saw from this year. As a, I, I have some as well from 2023, from last year. We'll see. At least, uh, at least two. I have a couple brief stats. Thank, hey, thanks, guys, for appeasing me <laughs> yeah. by enjoying a movie from last year. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, just uh, real quick stats from my movie watching of 2023. Uh, the number of movies that I watched in 2023. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. And when I say number of movies I watched, these are the number of movies I reviewed, meaning it was the first time or I didn't already have an existing review for it. Because you did rewatch a bunch for the brackets. Yes, some of those did, did not. you did not reviews previously. No, so that, okay. th- those don't count. But the, I wrote 199 reviews last year. Whoa. About 600 words each. These, okay. are, these aren't long. Wow. But I, I kind of went, really? 199? I couldn't watch one more movie yeah. to round that out? Drove me nuts. What happened on the 31st? One more movie. It was a Sunday. <laughs> a family on New sure. Year's Eve. Uh, and then the first movie I watched in 2023 was actually 2010, the year we made Contact. That came oh, out in yeah, 1984. I that, yeah. So in 2023, I watched 2010, which was made in 1984. Already confused. Got it? The last movie I watched in 2023 was actually Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Okay. And that did come out last year. Speaking of AI. <laughs> yeah, speaking yeah. of AI. And finally, for my stats, my quick stats here, my average score... For movies in 2023 is 3.17, which is just barely above average. Yeah. And it seemed like a pretty, uh, I don't know. To be honest, if I may be honest here, Mm -hmm. there was no real new to me movie that I loved last year. No Alzheimer's. No. Like, I think the highest grade I gave was a four. And usually like a 4.5 or even a five can creep in during that time. 
But this last year, I don't know what it was. Maybe I just wasn't enjoying movies as much. You feeling all right? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, uh, no. Say good. Yes. And what, when's episode 500? Uh, <laughs> hey. hey. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. My quick stats. Let's get into you guys now. Yeah, I, talk about you. I watched a lot of movies. I can't even tell you the number. Maybe less than you, though. But overall, what was your feel, feeling about 2023 movies? The year started off wonderfully with Sundance. I saw four movies that I loved immediately, and I'm like, this is going to be the best cinematic year ever. And then for the next 11 months, I still liked four movies. Hmm. And that's kind of it. There were some real bangers at the end of the year, thankfully, but it's kind of a weak year. In fact, my top 10, which, Joel, you and I will be releasing our top 10 movies yes, list. Yes, yours on ShowtimeShowdown.com. Yes, and, and yours at the former 786.blogspot.com. Yes. <laughs> you remembered. Yeah. Blogspot still exists? Uh, apparently. Sure. It's I, the I, only time I update is once a year. I say that every year. And so, yeah, I mean, you get into my, I don't know. Actually, I love them all, but it's like eight through 10. I'm like, it's ah, good. I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It I, just I, wasn't a stunning year, but no. there were some real bangers for me, though. Yeah. Zach, did you find any that you loved this year? I think so. But I had the opportunity to watch a lot of really good movies because mm-hmm. of true. our brackets that we did. Yeah, we, uh, there was a lot that I had never seen. And so I did see some all-time classics this year that my list will be reflected in that. Um, I didn't go to the movies all that much. I went to the movie theater uh, four times. You're welcome. Is all. And yeah, <laughs> two of them were, were Kent. Okay. Not a big year there. Um, I only watched six movies in total that came out in 2023. But I had a goal. My New Year's resolution was to watch 50 movies that were new to me last year. And because of the podcast, I got to 53. Wow. <laughs> nice. okay. So I was just above that. And I would like to continue doing that. So I'll watch another 50 new movies this year. New to me. Love but it. But I don't care what comes out this year. 2024? Nah, we'll get there no, in a couple it, of weeks. Save it. Well, we have next week. Yeah. Oh. We do a little prediction there, too. Yeah. But uh, let's jump into it, shall we? But, Joel, uh, the fifth, least bottom. The fifth, least bottom. No. These are these, so these are the worst movies I saw last year. By the way, the average year of my five worst movies go. is 1988. Okay. So they, they're all over the place. Zach was not born. I was not. <laughs> no. How many minutes into this episode before we remember how to do this? Now. Okay, good. <laughs> no, my number five worst movie that I watched last year involved a lot of drugs. And one of my favorite bands of all time, it is Magical Mystery Tour, oh. 1967. Okay. Uh. This is written by the Beatles, directed by the Beatles, starring the Beatles. And here's a synopsis. The Beatles charter a special bus for a surreal mystery tour. Now, I like this album. I know Zach doesn't. I know this is one maybe you want to punch your baby. But I did not care for this one. But and this is a made-for-TV movie, 52 minutes long. Yeah. It is a very short movie, but it is horrendous. And I like the other movies that were made by the Beatles. Yeah. I like Hard Day's Night. I like Help. I like Yellow Submarine. This is this is terrible. Like mm-hmm. this is like they literally just got together and improvised yeah. a sketch. Right. Like, like every every scene was them getting together and be like oh what are we gonna do now i don't know paul what are we gonna do now at which that was paul before that was john anyway yeah yeah um like there's a scene for example where they're in a restaurant and uh, the waiter starts shoveling spaghetti onto a table mm. why did they do that scene because john had a dream that had that in and he's like we should put that in the in the movie oh sounds good mm. it is it, what's worse is this movie worse or the monkey's head I have not seen also the monkey's a drug head trip. Okay. for years, but yeah. I hated it as a kid. Yeah. Because I thought it was going to be the fun monkey Rewatch. show. And it was not. Right. Well, I don't know if I want to, speaking of what Zach said. So, mm-hmm. I hated this film. I still love the band. And every time a song would come on, it was, except for Blue Jay Way, it was like, oh, finally. It's like a music video and I can handle this. But then it would go back to just unintelligible muttering of accents and it was awful. Yeah. I really did not like this movie. Do not watch 
Magical Mystery Tour. Would you have ever watched it if we didn't do the Beatles show? Maybe, just because it was Curiosity. Like, if I would have seen, oh, Beatles need another movie? Sure. Mm-hmm. But this is just, it's a mess. It's a mess. And even Paul McCartney said, we don't say it was a good film. It was our first attempt. If we goofed, we goofed. It was a challenge that didn't come off. We'll know better next time. There was no next time. <laughs> Thank goodness. No. So, yeah. There you go. They could have learned from it and made something great. Magical Mystery Tour. Could they have? Yeah. Kent, I don't know. What is your fifth bottom? <laughs> my, fifth, my fifth bottom <laughs> is one I watched during Kent Miss. And Kent Miss is the end of the year when I save all the horrible movies. And generally, at this point, it's streaming movies I can just avoid and not have to review on my site. Let's face it, what movies aren't streaming movies these days? Yeah, true story. And so I'm like, okay, I have two weeks where I'm going to watch the worst of the worst. And one of them is Ghosted. Ghosted is an Apple TV Plus. This came out, I think, in March or April. And it came and went. It just totally disappeared. And this stars Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Very attractive cast, right? Some of the most attractive people in Hollywood right now. Yeah. Then why are they wooden planks? Why are they cardboard cutouts of people in this movie? It's... So weird. So to give the so synopsis, is the acting that's that got you down. The acting is horrible. It, it actually was the first thing I noticed until I just didn't want to notice the rest of the movie. So right, to give a synopsis, synopsis, Cole Chris Evans falls head over heels for enigmatic Sadie, but then makes the shocking discovery that she's a secret agent. Before they can decide on a second date, Cole and Sadie are swept away on an international adventure to save the world. I mean, it sounds like a regular kind of spy comedy. They're, they're going for like kind of a romancing the stone sort of thing. Love that movie. Yeah, but it's it's not. It's not romantic there's no chemistry between these two there's no stone there's no stones well, um, there was a large uh, group of people online mm-hmm. that would see clips that would come out of this show yeah and and trailers and things like that and they were accusing the actors of never actually having been together so you, you said that to me and after i watched it yeah and i was like that's what it felt like yeah it felt like they weren't on the same soundstage at any given point yeah. hmm. Because like he's, they're going on this date, and it's meant to be really nice. There's a whole montage where he's talking about how how scary The Exorcist is, and trying to talk her into watching it. it has nothing to do with the movie, and he spends five minutes talking about The Exorcist. Hmm. Like he's like, I'm just a film geek. It's pretty cool, and I'm he's a like anxious attachment type, and she's pretty aloof because she's a spy who only has you know that night to a be in town. Spy. Yeah, but it just seems like they just met, and they kind of hated each other in elementary. That's how it feels like to me. Like they, they've always held a grudge against each other and did not want to be in the same room. Hmm. There is a lot of action here, but it feels like the straight to Netflix type action that we've seen before. Maybe in like Extraction? the Gray Man. Extraction's way cooler. Okay. Actually, Extraction I'll give the edge to, but like kind of like the Gray Man or anything like that, where you're like, uh, like it doesn't feel compelling at all. There's no stakes to it or Chris whatever. Evans? Oh yeah, I kind of am. Yeah, right. You're Ryan Gosling's in that too. I'm picking on him too, but I do feel like Chris Evans. Why do you hate beautiful people? <laughs> I'm jealous. Beautiful people. And I love the look of Anadarmus, but I don't think after this in dark, deep water, one of the waters, I realize maybe she's not a very good actress. She's, she's good Selma in Selma Hayek five... of her time? I think she is. Because oh. Selma Hayek is beautiful. Yeah. One of the worst actresses. It's true. I like her in five minutes in No Time to Die. She's good in the James Bond, and then she's good Anadarmus, in Anadarmus, not, not Selma Hayek. Yeah. Knives Out. I like her oh, yeah, in Knives Out. She's okay yeah, in Knives, like Knives, Knives Out. But she's not very good and not very convincing as a spy. And they're trying to have fun with this. They're trying to be in on the joke, but they're, the joke is the movie. And I think Chris Evans doesn't really have star power. I truly think outside of Captain America, he's just a pretty actor trying to do his thing. And, you know, he'll put a beard on and act like he's uh, a normal guy. I'm trying to think of starring roles with Chris Evans that are not Snow Marvel Snowpiercer. Really. I like Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer's good. Yeah. The one where but the, that's because it has a really good script. The one right? where the daughter is smart. But, I don't know. 
Yep. Is that the name of the movie? Yep. Yeah. The one where the daughter is smart. So I would like to go to this movie and never think about it again. Uh, I see what you did. Deal. There. All right. Once again, mine is uh, least best of what I saw. I think you like this movie, Kent, but I didn't care for it most of the time. Okay. This is from 2022. It is Elvis, directed by Baz Luhrmann. I do like this movie. Uh, The life of American music icon Elvis Presley, from his childhood to becoming a rock and movie star in the 1950s while maintaining a complex relationship with his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. This was a funny one because I watched it in two different chunks. The first uh, half, you know, because I had a very young baby at the time. So I watched the half of the movie and then fell asleep. Mm -hmm. And I went into work the next day and I'm like, guys, I'm watching the worst movie. It's awful. It's it's that Baz Luhrmann made an Elvis movie and it's just terrible. And I hated it. And then I that night watched the second half and I went, "Eh, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But what changed? um, I think the. Is it the intro of Colonel Tom Parker at the beginning? Austin Butler's performance uh, in the second half of the movie saves the movie. Right. But overall, um, I think. As a as a whole experience, I think Elvis is, it's just not particularly interesting to me. It won't carry on as like, a, oh, that's one of the good biopics. It's not a particularly interestingly made movie to me, even though it's bad. See, Lerman. I think this style sells it over. I think that's all it has. And a decent performance by a guy who sold his life to play this character. <laughs> and he did a great job. And I think that, on and I feel bad, that meta of Austin Butler became Elvis over yeah. the course of years kind of ruins the movie for me. Oh, okay. that, that I know about that in real life. I'm not saying it's horrible. It just happens to be one of the, Tom the movies that, that because of, yeah, the, I didn't care for this, the style mm-hmm. as much. I generally like Baz Luhrmann, but I didn't care for this one. Tom Hanks is just off-putting and not in a good way, not in a villainous turn. Right. He's just not fun to watch. So overall, I didn't care for this movie. I certainly won't watch it again. It has its redeeming moments. And I do think near the end, uh, Austin Butler plays Elvis very well. And, you feel bad for him. I do feel right. Bad. You, you know, I absolutely do. Uh, uh, kind of feel, uh, and that means I think he's doing a good job acting. Mm-hmm. But not for me, Elvis. Okay, fifth, fifth bottom. Wow. Yeah, Joel. All right, my four? number four, fourth bottom. Honestly, I'm just gonna say this. How can it be permissible? All right, this movie compromised my principles. Uh oh. The the kind of love in this movie is mythical, and it's anything but typical. Oh. Because it's simply irresistible. Simply irresistible. <laughs> now, that song, that amazing song by Robert Palmer. That's so cute. Maybe even his second best song. Yeah. Mm, yeah maybe. Hold on. Are there three songs? Yeah. Okay, hold on. He's, he's got a couple good okay, ones. Okay, go on. Uh, anyway. Wait, no, uh, I need to know Sam three Robert, Robert Palmer, Palmer songs. <laughs> Never. Simply no. irresistible. Simply irresistible. Oh, you want to know the song? Yeah. Another movie? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's then you more, got, way more You got Addicted to Love. You oh, got yeah. uh, I Didn't Mean to Turn You On. How does that one uh, go? I didn't mean to turn you on. I've no? literally never heard that song in my you, life. You've, if you heard it, you'd know it. I mean, you sang such a perfect rendition. <laughs> okay, I so that's really, how it goes. I only know this man's music from infomercials in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, of the, the women dancing in the background? Yeah, for sure. Anyway, the movie is called <laughs> Simply Irresistible. Uh, it stars Sarah Michelle Gellar and Sean Patrick Flannery. The 2003? Synopsis, 1999. Whoa. So here's the synopsis. This is exactly as it's written. Go on. A magical crab. <laughs> okay. A magi- That's all. Period. Yeah, yeah. Well, A magical crab works wonders <laughs> Hold for... Hold on. This is in your bottom list? This, <laughs> a magical crab works wonders for a terrible chef's culinary skills, leading her towards the man of her dreams. This came out in February of 1999. Budget of $6 million, Made $4.4 4 Now, so they could have called it Crabatouille. No, so here's the weird thing. 
they, there is a crab in this movie. Yeah. Whether it's magical or not, that's debatable because it's a cab driver at first that then becomes a crab, but a cab, never cr- crab crab, but never says or does anything. It kind of just stands in the background of the kitchen, and then magic happens when sometimes when it's around and sometimes when it's not. Are you uh, sure this wasn't the Beatles movie that you watched? <laughs> it kind of feels like that. <laughs> yeah. No, my wife and I decided to watch as this movie Simply Irresistible on a whim, and we it started off and we're like, what what is happening? And uh-huh. then it became almost amusing how bad it was like it, it feels like this was made by people who had been around when romantic comedies were being made <laughs> still in the heyday 99 but never actually made one themselves and in fact i found out that this was the directorial debut of the director mark tarlov and his wife uh, judith roberts this is her only writing credit mm. so it's like it really is this beginner thing and just the plot the acting the dialogue it, it's just it's nonsensical i like that they're like hey Sarah Michelle Gellar, kind of a big deal at the time. Yes. Let's put her in a rom-com. Yes. And uh, who else we got? Oh, one of the guys from Boondock Saints. Yeah. Throw him in there. Well, and they originally were going to get Holly Hunter to do it, but then okay. the studio did not want her. And so then they, they were going to get Sarah Jessica Parker as well, but mm-hmm. they couldn't get her. So then when they got Sarah Michelle Gellar, she was really cool and Buffy, they yeah. lowered the age. But really, it's this thing where she kind of cooks her emotions into the food. So like when she's sad and then she serves her food, it makes everyone in the restaurant cry. And then when she's in love... It makes everyone in the restaurant behave very inappropriately for a PG-13 movie. Oh. Really hoping that, that people aren't like don't walk in the room at that time. Um, <laughs> Dad, get out. <laughs> it's just awkward. Uh, but it is so bizarre. I almost recommend watching it because okay. it, uh, the whole time my mouth was agape, almost like the crabs. Just being like, what is happening here? Because it doesn't make any sense. And did I mention there's a magical crab in this movie? It may or may not be magical. It may or may not be magical. Magical mystery crab. But do not watch Simply Irresistible. It is not a fun romantic comedy. It is a dumb romantic comedy. Taxi Crab? I'm trying to think of better titles for this. It's so bad. (laughs) It's so bad. The acting... Oh, man. The dialogue was just the worst. People don't talk like that. (laughs) Talk like what? Like, just the lines they would give each other. And, oh, I don't know. Okay. So forced. So terrible. I feel like more people are going to watch this because you're talking about it Just right now. Just watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer for Simply Irresistible. You will, get a, you will get the flavor of how terrible this really is. <laughs> I, think, I think we're doing that thing again. We're giving more time to the bad movies. Yeah, we are. Uh-oh. My fourth bottom, fourth bottom. is The Marvels. Oh, oh, that made your fourth bottom? Yeah, fourth bottom. Look, that means it's kind of good, right? <laughs> Because it's not, not really. The, you did Ken miss. Because it wasn't the worst bottom. It's not. Yeah, it's not the bottom bottom, right? <laughs> First, I don't even know. I thought but, it was forgettable. I don't think it was bad. It's bad. This is just a mess of a movie. It is the MCU's biggest flop, and it deserves to be there. It's not my least favorite MCU movie, but it just seems like a product of reshoots. And I think that's why I dislike it so much, because there are some parts that I'm like, hey, this could go somewhere. Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel is pretty delightful. She is. She has a lot of charisma for the movie, and she boosts everything. But everyone else cares just as much about the movie as like the screenwriters did. It just seems like no one is really there to extend the MCU franchise because this movie just has scattered scenes and nothing really ties together. I'm sorry. I can't understand what you're saying, Ken, unless you sing it. It has really scattered scenes. No, I'm sorry. I'm bilingual. I can also speak talking. Oh, yeah. That freaking scene. <laughs> and then the planet gets destroyed and they're Maybe. like... We don't know. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, but I'm also sad about my trauma. And it's like, a whole planet just got destroyed. Yeah. The singing planet. There are definitely some downsides. Like the the biggest like milestone, the biggest like achievement of this movie is a uh, now... like It was a humorous scene with cats, but now I kind of hate it. That was your favorite moment. It was my favorite moment. You said that moment. on our bacon bit. Yeah, but that's really all this movie has going for other than Miss Marvel. And it just kind of... 
shows where the franchise is now, which is in the worst possible place. It's weird. 2023 is like this vindication for me where I'm like, everyone has finally joined me in the sun. <laughs> and and maybe yeah, your even, vindication is maybe even going to. But the at Superman. the same time, it's all super, Zack Snyder's Superman. Yeah, right. It's all superhero movies, and I love it I because I want the franchise. I want the the genre to die. You must dying. admit they have gotten worse. They have. It's not that they've always been this. They've way. always been this bad. No, no, one hundred percent. I'm not saying you just totally ruined your credibility by saying. I that. know it's true. I I have disliked movies more than this one. I mean, though. Iron Man two wasn't good. And Iron, Man, no, three. Iron Man three was no, awful. Iron Man two wasn't hate, good. I, that no, was I a long three is worse ago. than two. We already talked about this. Age of Ultron. We've had a whole show about okay. this. Maybe. No, I'm saying they they had a better batting record back then. But there's been just as uh, poor movies as this. But people are finally getting it. People are getting smarter. And I think that's what 2023 did. Zach, what's your fourth bottom? My fourth bottom. <laughs> the fourth bottom. <laughs> I had to get you off that. that yeah. Fourth worst. There. Okay. My fourth bottom is a movie that came out at the very end of 2022. And I watched at the very beginning of 2023. And this is from director Ryan Johnson. It's Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Tech billionaire Miles Braun invites his friends for a getaway on his private Greek island when someone turns up dead. Detective Benoit Blanc is put on the case. Thank you for the accent. Now, I actually liked uh, Knives Out. I thought that was... I did, too. I thought it was fun. Eh, It liked itself a lot. (laughs) It did. And that was maybe one of the things I didn't like about Mm -hmm. it. And then it's like, what if we just doubled down on that? I think there's interesting moments, but overall, the plot's not particularly interesting. The characters aren't particularly likable. The performances aren't particularly good. If if I may say also, one of the fun things about a whodunit is when you can watch it a second time and pick up on the clues. Mm-hmm. This movie intentionally lies to its audience to deceive them. Like, there's parts where you're like, that's not what it showed me before. Yeah. No. And I don't like that. Yeah. So while I do kind of like uh, Daniel Craig walking around like Foghorn Leghorn, I, I can get behind that. Um, mm-hmm. I was excited about where this maybe could go as a franchise, mm-hmm. and that it was a, a counter sort of American Agatha Christie thing with with a little cleverness to it. And I guess all the cleverness was spent on the first movie because this is just not. I didn't like it. This is not not any good. It's just one of those things where they're like, "Hey, I bet you can't wait for the next cast list." That's the most really exciting is. thing about these movies. Yeah. Well, and and, and I the, like seeing um uh, Kate Hudson back on the yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah she was good, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I think the Kenneth Branagh Agatha Christie movies have kind of gone the same way. It's like, well, there's a good cast. I mean, it's not a good. Actually, movie. Murder in Venice was really good. Was it? Is ha- it Haunting in Venice? Haunting Venice. Yeah, because yeah, clearly is so memorable. Is actually kind of redeemable for the franchise. Good because yeah. Death on the Nile was horrible. Bad. Didn't watch it. All right. Uh, okay, so my number three worst. Uh, Third bottom. I'm going to give you uh, the the runtime of this movie and see if you can guess what <laughs> it is, okay? Guess. The runtime of this movie is 525,600 minutes. Oh, <laughs> you saw Rent for the first time? I watched time? Rent for the first time. How do you measure? Measure a year. Now, I like that song, honestly. And I think Jonathan Larson is a talented songwriter. He's very good. But Tick-tick Rent owes me money. For the time I wasted watching it. Here's the synopsis. AIDS. (laughs) AIDS. Poor people. Rent. That's basically it. In New York City's gritty East Village, a group of Bohemians strive for success and acceptance while enduring the obstacles of poverty, illness, and the AIDS epidemic. Now, this movie starts out with a bunch of middle-aged people, which Uh in the play apparently are supposed to be young up-and-comers. Sure. In this one, they're like middle-aged, and they're like, we're not going to pay rent ever they should let us live here for free, uh-huh. always. Like it was the, that's basically the song, and I was like, "No, that's you got to pay to live places for housing. That's kind of how it works." By the way, directed by Chris Columbus. Oh, directed Rent, the two thousand five guy, movie Rent. the guy who accidentally landed in uh, South America or whatever. No, that. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is the guy who directed Home Alone, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Harry Potter 1 and 2. And this stars Rosario Dawson and Tay Diggs and Adina Menzel, uh, Anthony Rapp. Uh, but honestly, I, en- I enjoyed some of the music. Mm-hmm. Some of the music was good. There's, there's one scene when Adina Menzel is doing like slap, uh, slam poetry and Ugh. I wanted to punch the screen. She is at her Adele Dazimius oh, yeah. movie. Oh. That's a term? It is awful. Some, yes. <laughs> I, no, some of the characters are annoying, but others I just couldn't stand. Oh, okay. And, and, some, and everyone is overacting. Is there like an anchor character that you're supposed to follow and like? Throughout this movie, kind of, hmm. but uh, but there I, wasn't. Like I, no, you didn't, I didn't really I didn't, like I didn't, anyone. No, no. It's also okay. a manipulative, manipulative movie. It, it's constantly yelling at you, like literally turning to the camera and saying things like, "Why aren't you crying? This is so sad. We're so amazing. Yeah. Why aren't you crying? This is sad." And I was getting so annoyed by how this movie kept trying to explain how cool it was. Joel, Rent is one of the most important musicals. Arguably of all time, it is the it is the usherance in of the modern Broadway musical, and I that's called I hate it. Yeah, I hate it so much. Maybe maybe this plays better on stage. That's not maybe, but this movie is obnoxious. I hated Rent. I never want to watch it again. Was this a disaster when it came out? Like, did people actually people didn't like it? No, this actually this actually flopped to the box office. Fans of the musical did not like it as well. They they really just missed the mark, I think, by casting too old for one. And then just they uh, held on. It's really dramatic, right? Like people die continually through this movie, it right? It is so dramatic, Kent. If you don't know that, they'll remind you of it every <laughs> half hour. Are you crying? There's a couple good songs, though. Am I right? Yeah. See, there's seasons good of Love. What else? The, AIDS. We all got AIDS. We, that's from yeah. <laughs> that's from Team America World Police. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> there, there's, there's some good songs. Anyway, but yes, yeah. don't watch Rent 3090 from 2005. It is miserable and one of my worst hated movies of last year. Oh, man, well, I baby. hate that for you. Yeah. You've had a bad year so far. Not a great. And there's two worse ones. Yes. Okay. My my third bottom is Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Oh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania and the Wasp. Yeah. Quantum Mania. Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne are dragged into the quantum quantum realm along with Hope's parents and Scott's daughter Cassie. Scott's plucky daughter Cassie. Oh. Okay. Together plucky. they must find a way to escape. But what secrets is Hope's mother hiding? All of them, and she doesn't tell anyone her secrets. And who is the mysterious king? We'll never need to know. You're saying this is worse than the Marvels. It is worse than the Marvels. Okay. And it's for one reason. Modoc. Oh, because the CGI you hated that so Modoc. much. Modoc bum? Nobody needed to see Modoc no, bum. That's, that's probably true. Uh, Modoc is the single worst. I could actually talk about worse on this list, but CG creation in a superhero movie. It is just hard to look at. It's that bad. This is directed by Peyton Reed, who kind of did the other. Well, he kind of did the first one. And then, yeah, but he's done the trilogy for Ant Man, starring Paul Rudd. And Jonathan Majors. In fact, let me read a quote from the end of my review on Showtime Showdown. Okay. This is in the the last uh, paragraph. It says, It's a to-be-continued movie made by a committee to reintroduce the big bad that will impact every Disney Plus show and big screen movie for years to come. Majors is better than the material given, so there's a good chance that the risk will pay off. But what a silly launch pad for him. So here I am (laughs) saying, hey, Jonathan Majors is better than the movie. Mm. Let's see what happens next. I didn't like him in the movie. Yeah. I have not liked him. Is it because he was in a different movie than anyone else? Pretty much. Well, I hated the movie that everyone else was in as well, though. Uh, I think that putting in everything in the quantum realm when you're Ant-Man and your whole thing is about being small. So there's really nothing special about Ant-Man mm-hmm. in this movie. It was just a way to launch phase five. And what a poor way. I think Marvel needed to come out of phase four with fire. And I think that's what they were trying with their new big bad. And it was a disaster for him. It's yeah. now kind of like I think phase five is probably seen as a worse thing than phase four was. It's yeah. 
like okay. I, this is shark boy and lava girl for soft brains <laughs> and and that was that's for children Kent's right? like, you know what? I haven't offended people enough yet. I'm going to just <laughs> throw this out there. And, and now it's pointless in the scheme of things. Like their Thanos-level character was taken down, spoiler alert, five, six, seven, eight, by Ant-Man. Like that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Who cares about that? And I hated this movie. It's worse than the Marvels. Okay. I, Zach, I, I actually believe him. I believe him too. <laughs> yeah. Was I emphatic I enough? What's I your third that. worst, Zach? Third bottom also came from 2022. All three of mine so what far. What a bad year. I'm just realizing. Okay. Um, this, I am so sorry, Kent. I am so sorry. Is this like a movie's I like list? A middle-aged Chinese immigrant is swept <gasps> up into an insane adventure in which she alone can save existence by exploring other <gasps> universes and connecting oh. with the lives she could have led. Best picture. Best picture winner. Oh, that is not an indicator of quality. Everywhere, games. all at once. I did not like it, and I'm tired of pretending it's good. I don't like this movie. I liked it. Didn't love it. I like things yeah. about it. I think it's well made. I think it's ridiculous and immature and it, it tricks you. <laughs> okay, that's what I call my son still whenever <laughs> he rides on my shoulders. Um, no, it's crap. I love Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it, this is some ridiculous, almost uh, uh, amateurish uh, or immature humor. Almost uh, all uh, the, the who the guys who do South Park. Uh, yeah, Trey Parker, Parker, Parker Matt, Matt, Stone. Matt Stone. It feels like something that they would do. And then the fact that it does admittedly have some emotional heart to it. Yeah. Not it's not anything world breaking, but the fact that it does have some emotional heart to it is like, wow, I didn't expect it out of a movie that's this ridiculous. This so is I like the Matrix done by Stephen Chow a little bit. No, you, oh yeah. That's yeah. a good that's a I good like way Stephen to put Chow. it. Yeah, me too. I don't like Stephen Chow. What? That, that much. It's not my favorite thing. The director? Oh, Shaolin Soccer, Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, not yeah. My, it's not my favorite thing. <gasps> oh, this makes sense. It's okay. Okay. So, okay. so the fact that oh, it's like... Oh, Zach. Okay. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I think every, I think this movie is somehow so vastly overrated. Okay, but that's say that not it's a reason it's bad. Picture. It's not a reason no, why so, it's bad. No, oh, what I'm saying is... Come every, on. Pot, meat, kettle. Everyone no, is it's telling you something it's popular. It's not the quality of the movie. If something gets popular, you do the same thing. I You're just like, avoid it. I don't hate it on principle. <laughs> Let's work it back. Let's work it back. <laughs> I'm, I'm not mad at this movie for being overrated. I'm tired of being told that this movie over and over again, this movie's so good. When I watch it and I'm like, it has some clever moments, but it's overall ridiculous. Why are we saying this is the best movie? It doesn't make any sense Literally the best picture. I don't want to fight back and be like, no, you guys need to understand it's not good. I just, I'm tired of pretending it's good. That's fine. Like it's, I'm okay with it's that. It's humor and heart, like it. but man, does it beat its jokes into the ground. I, that's I think I, what it is is this isn't the movie for me. Sure, and that's okay. But mm-hmm. best picture, that's a stretch. Yeah, I'm glad it won. They it. They took a risk there. I'm glad it won it on behalf of like I don't know, like smaller directors mm. and Asian, Asian, Asian and Americans yeah. and and A24 and like, like there's a lot of good reasons for it to win mm-hmm. and it kind of wrecks the system and throws it into chaos yeah. in a way that I love. But I just I, I don't want to I don't want to watch this movie anymore. That's okay. Zach. You, you don't have to. Joel, you what's your second bottom? Uh, my second worst movie. He, he won't play. He won't say it. He won't, play. He won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> came out my, uh, I'm going to say this came out in 1980. And it was. <laughs> I just I almost forget that these are old movies. It's Canada's high, highest earning horror film of 1980. Keep in mind, Halloween. Canada. Came, Halloween came out two years before this. Huge success. And actually, the director of this movie talked to the director of Halloween. He's like, what should I do? And he says, hey, you should make a movie that's kind of sent a horror movie that's centered around a holiday that worked for me. And he's like, uh, prom night. 
Prom Night. I hated Prom Night. 1980s Prom Night starring, hey, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Because she was in Halloween. This is them trying to rip off that formula. This is this came out in July 1980. It's 93 minutes long. And unfortunately, it was a hit. In fact, some film scholars have cited Prom Night as one of the most influential slasher films of the period. And those scholars should be fired. <laughs> Because this is was a was there like a, in parentheses in Canada scholars in Canada? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, here's the synopsis: At a high school senior prom, a masked killer stalks four teenagers who are responsible for the accidental death of a classmate six years previously. Sounds so familiar. Oh yes, and by the way, Leslie Nielsen is in this. Oh wow, his like last serious character or funny his character? last serious role. I'm pretty okay. sure. Gotcha. Because after this, he went into comedy, and good for him for doing it. My review says: If disco wasn't dead already, prom night would have killed it. <laughs> There are extended dance disco dance scenes yeah. in this movie. Depend the runtime. Including one when a head rolls across the floor, which That's cool. Made me chuckle. That part yeah. made me chuckle. But it starts off so bizarrely. Like with these children and this accident that happens, terrible acting, and then nothing happens for an hour after that. Nothing happens except for phone calls where you get the killer calling someone on the phone being like, I know what you did. <laughs> And it's this horrible... That's actually kind of scary what your voice was. But in the movie, yeah, terrible. It Uh is this horribly stupid whisper that happens the whole time. I found myself begging the film to kill somebody off. Just please kill someone off. And then after all the, the dancing sequences that take forever, it is just cliche after cliche. And it ends like an after school special. Like literally, I fully expected Mm. an ad to come on for Hot Pockets after the movie got over. (laughs) This is a terrible, terrible movie. It is, and uh, Friday the 13th came out, I think two months just before this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, Friday the 13th is not a great movie. No. But it is a much better movie than this one is. Okay. Like don't watch, don't watch Prom Night. Terrible. 1980s Prom Night, avoid. Okay. Deal. Second bottom, Kent? Second bottom, The Flash. Fair. Oh, Barry you? Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes, I guess, forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future. Microwave babies within five minutes. So you really don't need to say any more. Why did the microwave ding? Yeah. So my original review, I went back to the score, and I gave this movie a C-, minus, which is a much higher score than the Marvels or Quantumania. Why is it worse? Because over time, I see it and I hate it. The legacy of this movie will... I, I really think, like, even though... Oh, by the way, I didn't see Aquaman 2. I don't want to. I still haven't either. Ever. Don't. Like, it, it finishes off the DCEU. I feel like The Flash did that old, already. Old Bacon Cell would have done a mid-break <laughs> yeah. bacon bit. Oh, the bacon, 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 bacon cave's broken, but we're, we found our <laughs> we equipment. We recording equipment. <laughs> we're going to record Jake's this. not here. He's still buried. <laughs> <laughs> Inside jokes and Bacon Cell. Dude, I. But yeah, so The Flash is the real ending of the DCEU. And this is a movie, and maybe, Joel, going back to your point, this was one that was so overhyped. And I was like, how can it be that good? It's Ezra Miller, who is a freaking criminal, right? And not that that should affect the quality, but no one's really going to root for this actor to play this character at this point, to, to a, a guy who's going to save the world. And then in the movie, there's two of him. And then yeah. it's reusing stuff from the 10-year history of the DCU at this point, where it tries to... Like, not even on-screen history, like yeah. fanfic. Yes, exactly. Or, or attempted projects. Or it's like, hey, we're going to fix the end, ending of Man of Steel. Mm. And it's like, you did that on a green screen and a low budget. Yeah. yeah. Even though the budget was 
crazy, well over $300 million. This movie lost so much money. And so people were talking about this being, as they say with every DC movie, the best movie since The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Well, I'm going to be impressed. And I saw this movie and I went, eh. I mean, you can listen to The Bacon, but I was like, eh. I really hated a lot of things. And now I just hate the whole movie. And here's what it ruined for me. Michael Keaton's return. It was so great to see him in the suit again. Yeah. But now I go, why was he in that? Yeah. Okay. Um, there was fun nostalgic returns of actors that we've seen. I now think that's wasted. The sanctity of the deceased that they use in CG, and you know this happens in the end. I don't really want to say who they use, but right. it's. I actually don't think it's okay. That was my favorite goth band, though. Sanctity the sanctity of the deceased. deceased. Yeah. It's all done in fingernail clippings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it ruins Henry Cavill. There was meant to be uh, extra scenes at the end with Ben Affleck and Henry Henry Cavill, and they were going to say, "Hey." There's going to be more. I but hear they are making a spinoff, though, of the Polar Express starring Henry Cavill, though. Yeah, maybe, because yeah. that scene. The CG. But they were meant to incorporate more. And also the Flashpoint story arc. It's too much for a first Flash movie. They should have just canceled this one, forgotten all about it. It was uh, It's a, a bad year for superhero movies. I'll just say that. Yeah. Zach? I'm so sorry. Second bottom. I'm so sorry, Ken. <laughs> Again? <laughs> okay, so this is my most... Oh, you want to rip on La La Land now? This is my most confusing one, because this also almost made my other list and my honorable mentions. I don't know what to do or make heads or tails of this movie. This came from 2018, and it's a very simple IMDb synopsis. A grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing <gasps> occurrences. Hereditary? This might, this might be my second bottom. And it might be my second top. I have no idea what to make of this movie. Is it because it hurt your soul? All a little I'll bit? say this is it stuck with me, and I think that's good. But it I is also good. wish it you was. You know, sticks with you? Ingrown toenails. I, I also it, wish that it was never inside my heart or soul ever. But, but as its purpose is to unsettle you, it works. It's affecting, right? It's all of, it's, it's all of the things that it How sets out to do. How much did you know going into it? Um, I knew about... It was a slow movie, maybe? I knew... Did that you know about the big, the big shock? I knew of that it was a little unsettling and that things were unsettled from their body. Yes, okay. Uh, okay. In, in the car. Yeah. I knew that mm-hmm. was going to happen. Okay. I didn't know anything else. And wow. I can't... I think it's a really good movie, actually. <laughs> and, I, and I hated it. What do, what do I do with this information, right? So it's like, really well done. Yeah. I think so. And and the other thing, um, and you... <laughs> no, it's like, it's like well, like a, a beautiful sculpture made of pineapple. I would hate it, yeah. but I can appreciate that. <laughs> and that. A lot of work went into that. The night I saw it, I, we immediately recorded Bacon Sale. Yeah. Kent, you had walked away to do something, and Joel and I had a really good conversation about it. And yeah. I think it made me like the movie more, but we were both having this really good intellectual conversation about how freaky it was. About how also disturbed we were. Yeah. What, you know, what, what it was trying to say. And uh, and how it's not going to be an annual viewing at this point. No. Right. No. Okay, but, take it easy. But I'm like, <laughs> wow, that was the best movie I hate. <laughs> Actually, I totally respect okay, that. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> that was my second bottom. <laughs> All right. Uh, dishonorable mentions. Joel. Yes. A couple honorable mentions here real quick that didn't make my bottom five. A chorus line. Apparently, I think for musicals mm-hmm. I, I, this year, I didn't like it. That That's a good opening number, and that's about it. Yeah. One, it, one singular sensational song does not make yeah. for a good movie. Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, the remake, 2022, with the, uh, what's his name? Zach Braff. Horrible. Time Walker, The Awakening, Blood from the Mummy's Tomb. It's oh. a stretch of mummy movies there that were just <laughs> yeah. bad. Canadian Bacon, one of John Candy's last yeah. films, terrible. Yeah. Rock of Ages, no, that was you, stupid. You Tom per- Cruise is good in it. You have, uh, a, you have a perky heart, Joel. And Barbie. Barbie. 
Bold. I did. Hey, not. at least you watched it. I, I did. I, I watched. I watched wait, Barbie. On, I watched on. Barbie, Oppenheimer, and Mission Impossible. Do you want to go into your reasons, order. or would you rather avoid that controversy? No, I just, the controversy's passed. No, I, th- I thought the script was uh, looked like it was written uh, cobbled together by seven year olds and then covered in Greta Gerwig cynicism. Hmm. Did you like, not like? It did it. you not like the one joke it told over and over again, or <laughs> or what? Well, we'll talk about that. The thing is, it's honorable mention. I don't want to talk about. It. We're, we're already guys. We're already way long in the I know, show. You, Move on. Kent, do you want your honorable mentions? Yeah, Exorcist Believer, horrible. You People, which was a uh, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill movie on Netflix. Oh yeah. Uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. It knows what it is. Like it's a bad movie, it's but bad. it's just a bad movie. Mm. And Expendables. <laughs> it's horrible. I didn't see any of those. Yeah. Don't don't, don't please don't. Yeah. Zach, what about you? Didn't really have much. Again, I watched a lot of good movies, but I don't think I liked The Jerk. Maybe. Oh, so, Steve Martin, the comedy? Yeah, I don't think I liked it. Yeah, so I get it. So I'm going to maybe put it as an honorable mention. That's about it. Okay. All right, what's your bottom bottom? My number one worst movie that I watched last year is set in 1950s Baltimore and oh. directed by John Waters. Yeah. And it's not Hairspray. No. This is Crybaby. There we go. Zach, when you mentioned your costume <laughs> yeah. of Crybaby yeah. that you dressed up as yeah. uh, at your work, yeah. and I was like, "That's right, my sister had that poster on her wall with Johnny Depp's big face, iconic, and the in the cute girl like with their, their, their the pink outfit." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I remember that. I remember that poster my sister had. Maybe I should give this movie a shot." Nope. That was a mistake. Mm-hmm. First of all, I don't know. It's a musical. Not that I have anything against musicals. Apparently, I do this year because I put a lot of those on my on my bottom list. Jill hates musicals. I don't though. Uh, I just these are the ones I hadn't seen, maybe for a reason. No, but there are a lot of bad musicals. I'll give you that. Yeah. So this is synopsis: is 1950s Baltimore, a bad boy with a heart of gold wins the love of a good girl whose boyfriend sets out for revenge, and this has Johnny Depp in it and a bunch of other people you probably don't care about, except for Willem Dafoe. He's in it oh, okay. briefly. Oh, Iggy Pop's in it too, and Ricky Lake. The poster is the best thing about the movie. Honestly, Zach's costume is the best thing about this yeah. movie. I I knew who John Waters is. I know who John Waters is. I, I expected some camp. Yeah, I expected some camp. If you don't know who John Waters is, you, you you're prob- good. You're good. Uh-huh. He's very a very niche audience likes his movies. He's very bizarre, but it was just horrible. Like the acting was hammy. the The plot is pointless. The music is completely forgettable. I tried to think of a single song to sing. And I can't think of one. Mm. And it is just, it is bizarre and unfunny and oddly grotesque. Like, there's nothing really gross that happens on the screen, but I just felt gross watching it. I mean, I feel bad pointing this out. But there's a character in there uh, whose name's Hatchet Face. And they intentionally, they, they make her up to look unattractive because that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the role. Uh-huh. And then she makes these weird faces the whole time. And I was like, get off the screen yeah you're hamming it up i don't like i don't like the way you look get away and johnny depp he took this role because he didn't want to be known as like the you know the the teen idol Mm -hmm. anymore he wanted to try this kind of because it's like this weird satire of like grease we'll say okay except without the charm and without the cleverness without anything that made grease better than it there was a broadway musical that spawned from this uh, movie ran for two months then shut down but I hated it. I hate Crybaby, and I never, ever want to watch this movie again. Don't watch Crybaby. You know what, Joel? Uh, it's not good. You're right. Thank you. Yep. Kent? My bottom bottom. <laughs> <laughs> My bottom bottom. Bell bottoms is Skinamarink. Bell bottoms. Number one worst movie of the year is Skinamarink. Why, why did you talk about this one before? Imagine this. I don't even know how to spell that. I'm going to turn off the light, and I want you to stare at the corner of the ceiling right, right there. For two hours. And then sometimes I'm just going to play white noise in the background and you're going to be terrified. So the synopsis of this movie is actually kind of scary. 
Two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing, and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. It's a scary thought, because you have kids wandering the house, and they can't escape. There is no escape for these kids. But essentially, what you're getting is, it's a liminal space-type movie, because the two kids, you're going to hear the kids talking like, oh... Okay. And you don't really hear them Is talking. How kids talk these days? No, it's seriously like it sounds like they're three rooms away where they're like, oh, what are you watching? Oh. And then it shows, shows baseboards. It shows dirty baseboards the entire time. Gross. This movie is probably like an hour, 30, hour, 45 minutes. And I kept falling asleep and I'm like, no, no, it's meant to be scary. Get in the zone. The lights are off. Feel the fear. And there are a couple scenes where I'm like, if I squinted hard enough, I'd be like, okay, maybe that could be a scary image. Oh, wait, it's like a Playmobil phone. Mm. Like, that's what I'm looking at. And there's nothing scary here. The idea is scary. The movie was made for probably $13. 15000 actually, and it made $2.1 I don't get it. It makes me so upset. Let's make a scary movie, guys. I'm just looking at it right here now. Also, not rated. I'm wondering what you're getting here. Like, questionable material. Is there anything in there? No. I'm I'm thinking of blood. No, Kent doesn't know that. Oh, that's a good question. Sorry, yeah, I'm super desensitized. I, ask you. Uh, I think the the kids probably drop a lot of f bombs. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had rolls across the floor. It's it's a movie about the the fear of what's just. And I I like this idea, the concept of what's just outside the camera's view, or you're looking at somewhere in a dark room mm-hmm. and something could appear. That's the the scary part. But nothing actually happens. Literally nothing happens in this movie. So avoid this one. This is like an art film, Sundance. Completely. So deep horror movie. Yep. This is like Slam Dance. It's not even Sundance. It's just way too Blair Witch for snobs. Yes. Okay. All right. Zach, bottom, bottom. I've already gone into this at length. You want to apologize to me? I'm not going into it here. I apologize to both of you. My my least favorite movie I saw for the year by far was The Goonies. Sorry, uh, I'm not, and I'm not even going to talk about it. Everybody knows. I, I'm sorry. Which we talked about on our family film of family the films worst. episode. I was my least favorite movie I saw this year. Wait, bro, uh, <laughs> yeah, Joel. I was going to ask. I was, I'm trying to think of the other movies he put on there before. I would are, rather watch Hereditary again than The Goonies once. <laughs> what? <laughs> I said what I said. I mean, don't you're tell right. me what I know, Travis. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm just. I. I I'm not going to. I'm done. Uh, okay. okay. The cast is fun. Let's, guys, they, guys, they grow up to be fun. Let's yeah. let's get into the happy. Right. Okay, we're yes. gonna be positive now that we are yes. fifty-seven to we're gonna spend eighty-five percent uh, of the way spend to our sixteen show. minutes on positivity. Okay. Yeah. All right. So my uh, fifth best that I watched fifth top. Yes. No. Stop. <laughs> Tippity top. Is oh, by what way, we call the way, the actually. average date for my best movies is twenty eleven. <laughs> Relatively <laughs> new. Zach was born. Yeah. I was alive at that point. Yes. Uh, you guys know how my five, fifth worst was a Beatles movie? Yeah. My fifth best is a Beatles movie. Really? The Beatles, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. All right. A All lot right. of love got given to Get Th- Back. This was a documentary, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, and I did, we did talk about this most, uh, fairly recently on our documentary episode we just did. Uh, so I don't want to go too much into it. But essentially, everyone was giving all this love to get back, mm-hmm. which was this eight-hour documentary on, on Disney+, Plus, and it was about them breaking up. Mm-hmm. This was the glory days of the Beatles. This is their touring years. And this is a compilation of found footage during that time from 1963 to 1966. And I really enjoyed this. This is directed by Ron Howard, by the way. And it's just fun. Like, it was just fun to see the good days of the Beatles. And this was on Hulu, I believe, initially. Okay. Still there. Uh, TVMA, because... There's two F words in it. Oh, no, okay, but Whoopi Goldberg drops an F word. I think. Yeah, some kids drop F words. No, that's yeah. that's your movie. Skid and Murky Dinky Dinky. But I, I do feel like this movie, uh, the the Beatles, Eight Days a Week, was one that any Beatles fan could enjoy and would enjoy. I recommend watching it, especially if you've seen Get Back and was kind of down by how 
down that documentary was. Right. This one's up. Okay. Beatles, eight days a week. Fifth top is, I talked about a scary movie for my least favorite movie of the year, but this one is Talk to Me. Okay. Yeah. This is one of these Sundance movies. And just to explain, it's when a group of friends discover how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. This is kind of like an anti-drug movie. This is like, and these are actual teens. These aren't 30-year-olds playing teens. Teens have these secret parties, and there's an embalmed hand that you shake, and you say... And you have to be tied down so that you don't get possessed. You say, you say we're not going to play rent. rent. Yeah. <laughs> we're not paying rent anymore. Yeah. You, you say, talk to me. And then no one else sees this but you. A spirit will appear in front like of you. I've already do. seen too much of this than I wanted to because the trailers have come out and ads. Yeah, and that's the problem with some of these like indie horror movies is that the trailer wants to really sell this new IP. And it shows too much. This yeah. is one that you should go in pretty fresh. But Joel, even, even when you watch this one, probably this upcoming Halloween. Hope so. You're going to have a good time with it. Because it is R, right? It is quite R. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to find the clear it's player. It's very, Angel. very bloody. Uh, but it is like kind of like the, the big horror surprise. I always hope for one it's every year. very bloody? Yeah. I didn't expect bloody. I thought it was like psychological horror. Both, but really bloody. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I could go into that. But no, this isn't like a game changer. I don't changer. mind bloody. I just don't like gory. Okay, Sam. No. It is. There's, there's gore. Oh, okay. Yeah. I hate to say. Yeah. Anyways. There's difference between bloody and gory? Texture. That's all I'm saying. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm talking about It's like the graininess? It's like the brain matter? Is that what we're talking about? Guts. Eyes? Eyeballs? Stop. Yeah, eyeballs, right? What? So if there's any, if there's any thickness Stop. to the blood. <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> but this is an A24 movie, and we, we kind of joke about how they're super experimental on yeah. purpose. This is, I think, their most mainstream movie. Because this is a teen horror movie, and I feel like it takes where Scream has failed now with, as a franchise. Talk to Me could claim that. And could have some really... Could it be the next Saw? It could be the next Saw or next Scream. Uh, because there's so much that you could do with this embalmed hand in other movies that literally have nothing to do with these characters. And I can't wait to see where it goes. And I really enjoyed this one. This one could become an annual watch for me. Huh. But so also, hereditary, I'm a little dark. Hereditary and Talk to Me are like your go-to annual viewings. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And there's... Ladies, he's single. <laughs> and there's texture. There's, there's textured blood Zach, what's your in four? this movie. What's your four best? My, my fifth bottom? No, they're not bottom my anymore. Fi- my fifth top. Your fifth top. My fifth top. Hey, guys, it's a movie that came out in 2023. Nice. Hey, are you so proud of me? We yes. actually have already discussed this movie uh, on episode 429. This is still a Michael J. Fox Love movie. It. Great. Follows the life of beloved actor and advocate Michael J. Fox, exploring his personal and professional triumphs and travails uh, and what happens when an incurable optimist confronts an incurable disease. This is an excellent choice, Zach. I think this movie is great. I think we talked about it a lot on the yeah. documentary kit. But to quickly sum up, uh, not only is it a fascinating story about an actor who I loved as a kid, mm-hmm. but I think the documentary itself is just really uh, presented in a creative way. Very well told. It is snappy. Um, the the I think the uh, actual recreations, what do they call them? You know, the little yeah, dramatization, dramatization yeah. reenactments. Those are among the best I've ever seen in a movie. And then the way it intercuts scenes from his work is brilliant. So well-made, interesting to watch, interesting guy. Can't recommend it enough. Still, this is on Apple TV+. It's really driving me crazy how fast you go with your picks. Why? Uh, just because you're, you're really efficient with these picks. And Joel and I talk a lot. I mean, we've already talked about this one. Yeah. I went past on my last one. I don't know if you noticed that. No, I didn't actually. We, don't, we do need to give these uh, our, our time, right? We need yeah. to give these our, our love because they are the good movies of they the are. year. Joel, what's your fourth My top? fourth best 
I'm going to break the rules of podcasting here and do something that's entirely a physical inside joke for the people in the room right now and see if they can guess what movie is my fourth best. Okay. 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 Guys, look at me. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Ready? Look at me. Oh. <laughs> Zach, you know? Uh, no. What is this from? It's a mountain man nodding oh, in, this is in Jer- agreement. Jeremiah Johnson. This is Jeremiah Johnson. Came uh, out in 1972. Uh, here's the synopsis. The, cam- the camera pans. The camera, yeah. the camera zooms camera in, zoom and then he gives a nod. Him. Rubber Redford. Chilton just gave great. us a real-life gif. A flesh and blood gift. A real flesh gift. And blood. Uh, a mountain man who wishes to live the life of a hermit becomes the unwilling object of a long vendetta by the Crow tribe and proves to be a match for their warriors in a single combat on the early frontier. It's a mouthful, but essentially, Robert Redford, mountain man in the, in the mountains of Utah, actually. Yeah. It's directed by Sidney Pollock, starring Robert Redford. And this Joel, is, you've never seen this movie? I've never seen it. This is a great movie. I know now. <laughs> Uh, I saw it in school. No, Joel's now that dad that watches this on. And Bob River is my mom's number one celebrity crush. Yeah. And so I don't know why this wasn't watched more in our household. But this is, as weird as it sounds, an oddly soothing film. Mm. Like it's a lot of outdoors and silent moments and just beautiful landscapes. But also coupled with these really hardship this character is facing. He's literally just trying to survive. But there's a sense of hope and courage and perseverance that just kind of cushions the whole story. And as weird as it is, because I'm out, what, what, what's that meme where it says, I'm not outdoorsy, I'm outdoors-ish, yeah. where I love being outside, <laughs> right. but I want a flushing toilet nearby? Um, that's yeah. kind of how I am. I'm an indoorsy person, but yeah, yeah, I get it. But it's a thing where it, it resonated with me, this, this idea of him, he wanted to get away from the world and just be with nature and, and live on the land. And it is an isolated existence, which I, I'm, I, I'm a very social person that way. Yeah. I don't like isolation. But I kind of went, I get it. I understand what's going on here. And I admit, I did choose to watch this movie primarily because I kept seeing the GIF and I was like, you know what? I do want to watch that movie that Robert Redford's in. And I'm glad I did. Because it, it really did also help me appreciate the life I live a little more. Sure. The fact that I can turn on a microwave and warm up my leftovers is an amazing thing compared to this guy who literally has to fight a bear to get food. Hold on, you, Joel, you're not supposed to do that with sushi. Yeah. Just a reminder. Do you look at it, your it reflection? A roll. <laughs> do you look at your reflection in the microwave and do that, that the nod? The nod, yeah. I the see Robert you. Redford GIF nod. 13 seconds left. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, I, I would write, and this was, I was going to say Utah Connection. This was filmed like in places like Mount Tibinogos and Snow Canyon State Park and St. George cool. and Sundance. Yeah. Go. He's just so handsome. Yeah, he is. Go, uh, Robert Redford's handsome. You should watch Jeremiah Johnson to see how handsome he is. I'm, I'm feeling very wholesome about that pick. Yeah. Oh, by the way, rated GP. Because Excuse that's what me? Pete that's what PG was in nineteen seventy two. All right. It's pretty it's a pretty tame movie. Sure. Little, what little, was the part with the bear? Little that's the, the revenant. End? Oh, okay. Yeah. I get a mixed up. It's, it's a little time. disturbing at parts because there's scalping that happens, but yeah. it's not gory. Kent, what's your fourth top? Fourth top? It's actually perfect for this because it's John Wick, chapter four. Wow. And it's over the top. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. Uh, This is directed by Chad uh, Stahelski, who did the last, I think, two, three, and four. John Wick, they're not really known. So how is John Wick for Paramecium? (laughs) No, they they were like, hey, Parabellum was kind of weird. Why did we do that? Chapter four. Let's just stick it there. Good. This is uh, a series not known for its story, but known for its consistent quality in action. It may be a little bit like the Bourne series where you get the action a little confused. I think two and three do kind of meld together for me. Mm -hmm. Four stands apart. Four and one are the best John Wick movies, and the others, not that much further back, but they're, especially in the last hour of this movie, are three over-the-top action scenes that are 
all-time action scenes. We I mean, talked about this a lot last season. One quite literally over the top. Yeah, literally over the top, yeah. where you get this uh, like Hotline Miami view, and the, the drone pans over this hotel shootout, and it is stunning. I watched it with my mouth open, just kind of going, yep, I'm seeing masterwork. The, the stunt work, the choreography, the music, everything is the right kind of style, and this was the perfect way to kind of give this character a nice... I don't know. I guess give this character justice. I'll just say that. Are there, uh, there going to be more though? I like. Well, look, Joel. Okay, so they know they know they should stop. I'll say that. One of my big issues is that the fact that these movies go back to back to back. Yeah. And John Wick has not had time to recover from his wounds. No, that's one of my issues. They know they should stop, but these movies make money, and they almost just keep getting better. They are going to make Ballerina. Mm. No, seriously, John Number Wick one 4, is the best one. John Wick Four is one of my favorite action movies of all time. Wow. Absolutely. Maybe I should watch it. Yeah, you, you absolutely should watch it. I ha- I'm waiting for my brothers. We've got to have a brother night so we can watch okay, it. Okay, please hey, do. why is his gun a sparkler? I haven't seen the movie. Oh, you'll see. Okay. It's Dragon's Breath. Okay. Anyways, Zach, what's your fourth top? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling bad about this next one. It's a good pick, <laughs> I have though. to apologize. Well, I feel like... Sorry, Ken, I like this movie. Is I feel like Kent might bring it up later. I don't want to talk about it now. Okay, so I just have to set the stage. I watched six movies in preparation for this movie. <laughs> I was very excited to see this oh. new movie that came out in 2023 that I watched an entire series of movies that are very similar to this movie before. But it was dang fun ride the whole first half of my year because I really liked Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Speaking of mouthfuls and titles. Oh, boy. Uh, Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands, and they probably get disavowed at some point. This is just like a a warm blanket of wonderful action movie at this point. A warm blanket of espionage. It really is. Um, So I saw all of the Mission Impossibles except for Mission Impossible 2 for the first time in 2023, and I really could have put... This is an honorable mention to the entire series. Sure. Because it's really great. And I, I, I did enjoy Dead Reckoning quite a bit. Is it the part one of it all that ruins it a little bit? Yes. I think so. And also a, a character you death that ruins almost, a lot of it. You can't spend almost three hours in a movie and then be like, eh, we'll finish it later. Tell, tell a complete and I know, story. I know they're setting tell so a much up. Story. And we, last year was the year of three hour plus movies and part ones. We yes. saw yes. that and it's very annoying. And sure. we did say it's a week early year for movies. I might say because of that. And so I eagerly anticipate the next one. I'm just like, give me the promise that I want. Sure. It is a little bit of a, of a, a hanging thread, right? right? So, you know, and again, I, I saw all of them. So I could put Fallout right here as well, which yeah. was the, the previous but, one. But this one felt like the most Bond movie to me. And I, maybe that's why I really liked it. Okay. Um, there, Bond. There are a couple of different action set pieces in this movie that are downright funny. Yeah. If I had to say... I think the best Mission Impossible is probably Fallout. I think my favorite might be Rogue Nation. This was the fourth one directed by Brad. Oh, Brody. by Janet Jackson. Because, <laughs> yes, yeah, we okay. are yes. A Mission Impossible a Rogue Rhythm Nation. Nation. <laughs> yeah, that's the one where it, you have to do it by the stunt, right? The yeah. Burj Khalifa one. Yes. yes. Um, oh, I love that. The one. Burj Khalifa. That's a climbing and all yeah. the, the sandstorm and all of that. Been that one. A long time. Anyway, that one is ridiculous, right? That that yeah. movie, uh, Rogue Nation, is like over the top with gadgets and bizarre and. Fun. Yes. And it, it, I think Dead Reckoning injects just enough of that ridiculous fun to make it a very enjoyable film for me. I'm honestly fine that it didn't even end. Don't you kind of feel bad that he, he in the, the stunt was cool that he did it, but he hyped the stunt that in the movie wasn't all that big. I, I actually kind of hated it in the yeah. movie. 
Because yeah. I was like, the real he rode a bike off a cliff. The real thing and is his better. promo for the movie super cool. The, mm-hmm. the the promo for it is better, and it's like he went off a jump, but then it's just CGI dirt. What? <laughs> yeah. I saw them jump fifty five times in yeah. every movie I saw. What? Mm-hmm. What's going on? But anyway, oh the running scene in this one's so good. The running scene, which on top so of the airport. Good. Oh, which one exactly? <laughs> There's multiple. Yeah. So I don't go to these movies for story. So the fact that it technically doesn't end, I don't care. Because every Mission Impossible has two phases. Yeah. They have the thing, getting the thing, mm-hmm. and then using the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm fine that they, they wrapped up the getting the thing part of the story, right? We're going to have the using the thing part in the next one. I'm fine with that. Tell it's, a complete story, you cowards. It ends enough for me. Uh, it Haley, ends. Haley Atwell is delightful in this I movie. I think she's she is. Good. Yeah. A wonderful addition. Mm-hmm. They work very well together. Yeah. Enough that, yeah, you can kill some characters off. No. No. I hate that. Stop. Okay. How long have you, you talked about Zach about short things? Yeah, I know. He's never lost there that. There we go. That's fine. Uh, yeah. My fourth top, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one. Joel, third top. My third is also about espionage. Hmm. Yes. Cor- <laughs> we, <both heard> <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were all relaxed and we're like, yeah. Corporate espionage. Ew. Tetris. Oh. 2023's Tetris. I was, I was hoping for Thomas no. Crown Affair. Uh, Have you guys seen Blackberry? It's very good. No. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, 2023, the year of the corporate movie. Yes. yes. So Tetris, have... this came out on Apple TV+. Plus. Here's the synopsis. The story of how one of the world's most popular video games found its way to players around the globe. Now, this is uh, starring Tara Edgerton and a bunch of other people. The thing I found most interesting... <laughs> starring about... Tara Edgerton, and it doesn't matter after that. <laughs> yes. He's literally the face on the poster. But this is literally, I mean, the story about how Tetris got distribution rights an embellished story of Kinda. Tetris but the yeah. most amazing thing to me was how tense I was yeah. during this because sure. literally the guy that the guy in the real life world had to go into Russia undercover essentially to find the creator of this game and to get the rights so he could bring them back to America and his life literally was in danger at a couple times now is it completely accurate no in fact the guy uh, uh, Alexei Alexei Pajanov I'm not going to say that right he admitted that they, quote, didn't make an actual biography or an actual recreation of what actually happened, but that it was close enough and very right emotionally and spiritually. Okay. And it is so engaging. And Taron Edgerton does a great job. Like, I keep being like, this guy has talent. I'm starting to think he's good. Yeah. I think he's kind of good. And you've, seen, Wait, him just King, you've seen him in Kingsman, uh, Secret Service. Um, I even think he's good at Robin man. Hood, man. I like wow. that guy. I don't like that movie, but Guy Ritchie's Robin Hood? Yeah. Ooh. Um, he's, he's not the problem with that movie. This, speaking of fun visuals, you talked about that with still Michael J. Fox. Story. Yes. This movie also does these 8-bit effects at certain times. Yeah. And I just kind of go, ha, I liked that. And the, the soundtrack is fun, too. They use the Tetris soundtrack at parts. I, I know it's some parts are, are complete fiction. But, but were it, you entertained? I was highly entertained and tense. And yeah. I went, man, I wish more people would be able to watch this. And it made me want to play Tetris. So Tetris 2023, a 2023 movie, Kent. There you go. I um, feel like anything, that makes, really you wanna, anything that makes you want to play Tetris has got to be a pretty good thing. I, st- I will I, play Tetris every day. I still have not seen this movie. I saw a documentary about this story on uh, G4 TV for Gamers in 2003. Wow. And that's as much as I know about it. So There's now be. documentaries about G4. Okay, what's what's your third bottom top thing? Third top bottom from the top. You just confuse the listener. It's third best. Is Flora and Son. This is another Sundance movie I saw. I love Florence Henderson. Florence Henderson. A single mom at war with her son is trying to find a hobby for him. One day she rescues a guitar from a dumpster. This is directed by John Carney and stars Eve Hewson and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. This uh, John Carney did some of my favorite movies, i.e. Sing Street 
and then begin again at once, oh, which Joel doesn't like. He's a musical director. Uh, that's kind of been his forte. And I think what he does, he does brilliantly. And it takes about five years between movies, but they're all worth it. Uh, Eve Hewson, by the way, is the daughter of Bono. Oh. You wouldn't even know it. By the way, this is on Apple TV Plus right now. This is one of those like sneaky, heartwarming movies, but a content warning. It is Irish. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Clearplay can't filter out Irishness, Kent. <laughs> it should in this case. And it's weird because it kind of has this Ted Lasso vibe where the movie just sneaks up on you and charms you so much. And they're saying horrible words. And you're like, dang it. It's just, it's really too crass for general audiences. If you can watch this one edited or if you can handle that. Just requested it on Clearplay. Do, so do they have it on Clearplay? No, That's they don't. Good. I just requested it. Okay. Um, but it's a really kind of like where Sing Street was a dedication to brothers. This one is a dedication to mothers and the sacrifices that moms make for their kids. And even when sometimes it seems like they shouldn't or the kids are undeserving, oh. they still do. Ben Angel has it. Okay, perfect. I'm on it. Adding to my um, and it's very rewatchable. I've seen it now three times, and every time I watch it, I kind of get a little misty eyed at the end. But anyways, everyone, if you can handle it, go watch Flora and Son. It is absolutely delightful, and Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it. It's been a while since he's been in anything good. Gotta love JGL. Yep, Zach. All right, my third place, third top. This is where the advantage of me not having seen a lot of movies comes in because I get to throw in some classics in my list, and mine comes from 1972. Jeremiah Johnson? Don Vito Corleone, oh. head of the Mafia family, decides to hand over his empire to his youngest son, Michael. However, his decision unintentionally puts the lives of his loved ones in grave danger. Hot take Zach. <laughs> I, I, I like The Godfather. As yeah, well, <laughs> just so, so sorry. you guys know, <laughs> The Godfather is pretty good. <laughs> Powerful Very drama. Weird. Powerful drama. Um, a compelling from literally the first moment of the first scene. Why does it seem like it was made in 2023? Because it's three and a half hours. That's yeah. why. Well, it's just so when I'm you trying to think of the first scene right the now. The first scene, he's sitting down with the, 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 the guys coming to him for a favor on the day of his daughter's <sighs> wedding. Yes, and he's yep, like, yes. I want you to take this guy out. And he's like, First of all, you didn't respect me. Second of all, no, everything's fine. Justice is served, whatever. Yeah. But it's just the, this, this interaction uh, from the get go just gets me into this movie. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm totally sold. Uh, everyone says The Godfather Part Two is like the, the pinnacle. Um, and it is very, it's very debatable. good. It's debatable. It is very, very good. But for me, The Godfather just like hit me. And to see all of these things from pop culture that I'd seen throughout my whole life yeah. put together. And I've seen parody of this. And Rest development. There are so many times where you start to see parody uh, before you see the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you see the thing and you go, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. This, again, lived up to the hype and more. Uh, but again, it, everybody knows The Godfather's good. It's, it's, what? This yeah. is not a shocker. But I was pleasantly surprised with fresh eyes just how much I liked it. Yes. Very good. Something and I overrated. was not Very expecting good. to like it because I don't like mobster stuff. I don't like rooting for bad people. But this, it, it finds a way to make it okay. And when you were watching these type of movies, when we did drama of dramas, you were watching a lot of three-hour movies. Lots. And this one still managed to rise above. Yeah. And it wasn't even on the bracket, right? It, uh, Godfather Part 2 was on the bracket. Oh, yeah. And obviously that. I wasn't going to watch 2 without 1. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But both ha very rewarding Have experience. you watched 3 yet? I I haven't no. seen 3. Give it a shot. Okay. I There is a recut There's version a recut of one, it yeah. that I'm really interested in that yeah. I will check out. Yeah. I also want to see the uh, complete chronological cut as well. Okay. okay. So, again, Godfather, pretty good. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, I'm sorry. 
Uh, yay! I get to apologize to for once. <laughs> actually, I'm the apologizer. No, it's it's uh, my number two is actually still a Michael J. Fox movie. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. I, I sorry because you know I, you already talked about it, yeah. and so I'm just gonna bring it up again. But just really, really well done. And this one is uh, it's on Apple TV Plus. It is R for language, but it's available on Clearplay and Vidangel if you want to get rid of a couple words. Not a ton. No, there's not even that much. But I just thought it was such a fantastic documentary, and we did already talk about this in our intermediate kit. Yeah. But it's just it's an inspiring movie, and it yeah. really it makes you. It makes you appreciate life a little more. And isn't totally. that a good reason to watch movies, to walk away from going, you know what? I want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. I want to be more optimistic. But also, and I think this is credit to to Mike Fox himself. Wow, Mike, Mike Fox. Yeah, we're on those terms. We took out the L and the J. <laughs> yeah. Um, you all, you, L, cool J. <laughs> he's got this. <laughs> no, it's L. <laughs> he's got this huge thing going on, yet I didn't feel so sorry no he doesn't right? feel sorry for himself he won't allow you to no and so i think it's, it's good you can watch a lot of these and go you know especially maybe it's a documentary about a sick kid or something you mm. just feel awful for them yeah and it, you don't with this right so it makes it somehow more digestible yeah totally there you go that's mine great that's my number pick. two thank you great pick thank you for my second top i would also like second to say up. sorry to christopher nolan <gasps> oppenheimer that's your number two that's my number two okay the story of American well, we, scientists. No, we already established that you weren't a fan of his okay, anymore last season. Okay, listen. That was pre-established facts. Uh, I'm sorry. But it's the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic bomb, starring Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, and 97. Everyone else who's trying to revitalize their career. Oh, and did Josh it. Hartnett. All-star. Oh, looking good. Looking great. Hart- Hartnett sons? Yeah. What's happening there? Oh, I'd be so offended. No, so I, I watched this one, and you guys watched be it well before still Hartnett. And I knew some people were in it, but I, it took me, first of all, it took me a while to recognize Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, right. And then all of a sudden, the movie kept doing that where I'm like, hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. Like uh-huh. I kept point. I was doing the Leonardo almost, DiCaprio almost thing. Almost to the point where you have to watch it again because the first time you get a little distracted. Yes. Because they're doing a lot of science talk and you're like, but I know that actor. Yeah. But the thing is, he, uh, Christopher Nolan said he intentionally cast well-known actors so that you could easily identify when they say, Hey, we're talking about Heisenberg. You're like, oh, I know who that is. That's yeah. uh, the guy from uh, I Kenneth Branagh or someone yeah, like that, right? The, he's not Heisenberg, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so this isn't my favorite Nolan movie, but I think in its way, this is a perfect production. Okay, maybe not perfect because there is a flaw and they push for the R. There is some yeah. awkward stuff in there that didn't need to be there. Thematically works for who Oppenheimer is. In mm-hmm. fact, they could have gone a little darker based on who he It kind of is a lot of his background stuff. Can I say that I was more interested in the science than I was the politics? Oh, so near the end, you got a little out of it. No, no. Okay, so the first part, I was a kind of out of it. And then as it got into the... Oh, because it the sets up some of yes. the twist. Yes, Okay. yes. And that part I wasn't as interested in. And then at the end, I was like, okay, I get what you did that, but... And, and I've heard a lot of people complain about the structure. I Jumping wouldn't. around in time. And I think... Um, I don't mind that at all. As far as showing or not showing what really happens with the bomb, it really gives this perspective where you, like, like him, don't know what you've done. You know, well, there, you, there's there's a removal there, mm-hmm. and that's why I thought I thought it was very tastefully done. I might even say respectful, because they don't show truly. the carnage of the bomb. Oh man! But when he's in that rally, but they reference it, and suddenly you're like, it's whoa, the, whoa, whoa! It's the scariest scene I've yeah. seen all year. Well, remember as well, it's, you watched. Talk to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's scarier than anything in that. It's not called the making of the A bomb yeah. or the effects of the A bomb. It's about Oppenheimer. Yeah, and that's and and the regret of the character. Yeah, for better or worse, I think that's what makes this movie interesting. Mm-hmm. And then it goes goes into the political intrigue, and right. and you're maybe maybe you're connected to this character at that point, and I think it makes it right 
uh, I think it makes it something a little bit more than a docufilm. Yeah. Yeah. Technically the best film of the year, just not my favorite. Wonderful practical effects. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, what about you? My second top top is 2023's Oppenheimer. Okay, there we are. 20s. Uh, Yes. Uh, I can't say enough about the making of this movie. The filmmaking on Mm -hmm. display here is amazing. Killian Murphy's performance is just so good. Yeah. And you only needed six months to do it, Killian Murphy. Um, <laughs> is that a jab at Bradley Cooper? Yeah. Are you subtweeting Bradley Cooper? <laughs> yes. Bradley Cooper. It's not that hard, man. <laughs> he's already said he's not going to win awards. He, he put on... You're a punching pros- down. He put, put on a prosthetic nose to play a Jewish guy. I think it's pretty offensive <laughs> at this point. <laughs> he deserves some flack, okay? For Maestro. Maestro, he's talking about Maestro, everyone. Maestro, the Leonard Bernstein movie. Yeah. But, I, no, again, I echo you know a lot of what you said, Kent. This movie is really well made. Some bizarre choices as far as content. Yeah. Not, not to say that that type of content upsets me, but it just felt really forced and kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, beautiful movie. And, uh, you know, glad I saw it on a big, the biggest screen I could see it on. Which is weird because it's a dialogue movie. It's such a dialogue. A very extreme close-up yeah. dialogue movie. Right. Yet somehow felt really important to see it on a big screen. Yeah, I agree. So I thought Oppenheimer was great. Okay. All Joel? Right. So honorable, honorable mentions. mentions. Yes. A couple honorable mentions of the best I, that you're I have a lot. I, I don't have that many. But honestly, you, you can actually see my full 10 at uh, thefarmer786.blogspot.com. But uh, some other ones that I just want to throw out there: uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Also on my amazing. What the heck? It's so good. Why? Why is it was, so entertaining? It was out of my top ten last year, and it's crept into my top five from last year. It was really entertaining. It's or so by twenty twenty two, I mean. Uh, speaking yeah. of uh, mobster movies, Zach, I'm not a big fan either. But I watched. I, I'd seen pieces of a Bronx Tale before, but I finally sat down oh, and watched oh, a Bronx okay. Tale. Okay, no, really good. Yeah. Megan uh, was <laughs> surprisingly is that the big shark. No, that's the one with the robotic AI girl, oh. the horror movie there. Yep. Um, and it was surprisingly entertaining. Like, I, I didn't because expect much. Because it's a family scary movie? Is that why? I don't know why. Like, I okay. actually went into it going, all right, whatever. This is a, back, a background horror movie, child's play, whatever. Yeah. Teeny popper child's play. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, that was freaky. And then another part happened, and I'm like, that made me laugh. And you know, there's a rated R cut. With more blood. With more blood gore coming from the ear. Uh, texture, texture blood. Texture? Yeah. Texture yeah. blood. Texture yeah. blood. Gross. And then uh, another one I just want to mention right here is A Night to Remember, 1958. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a movie about the Titanic, and I would say it's better than the 1997 movie Titanic. Oh, wow. It, it felt a lot more dramatic and much less cool, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like but Titanic really... is so cool. <laughs> the movie Titanic with Leonardo DiCaprio. You mean um, Billy Zane? That's fine. Yeah, Billy Zane, uh, he's, he's fine. But no, <laughs> A Night to Remember really did, it wrenched my heart. And it was one of those movies, I was like, yeah, I know the story of the Titanic, but the way they did it. And I, and I, I watched this movie because I think it was when we were doing Drama of Dramas, I found out that uh, James Cameron had ripped off some elements of this movie mm. that weren't like actual parts of the Titanic, but he just used those dramatic elements in his movie. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I want to see this movie. And then I went, I like that better than Titanic. So okay. I like to remember 1958. Those are some of my honorable mentions. Uh, mine are Godzilla minus one, which will creep uh, into I my top five. To see if that. not top three this year. It is absolutely wonderful. Radical, Killers of the Flower Moon. Wait, what's Radical? Radical is a uh, teacher in Mexico in an impoverished school. Oh, yeah, with the guy from uh, Coda. Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely great. It is a typical 
teacher helping needy kids story essentially. Yeah. But it's it's great. And I cried. Killers uh, of the Flower Moon is not your number one. Killers of the Flower Moon is in my honorable mentions. I know oh. what his number one is. You, you do. Yeah. I'm uh, missing it. Still, honorable mention. Yeah. And the holdovers, which has Paul Giamatti. I wanted um, to see that one. That's the more the uh, the Christmas it, one, right? It will sneak up on you. Yeah. I know it's not Christmas anymore. Watch this movie still. It's kind of a winter. It's Paul movie. Giamatti and a bunch of kids at a boarding school, right? Yes. Yeah. At first you're like, oh, I hate this and I hate the characters. And then it charms you. It's wonderful. Zach, honorable mentions? Mostly uh, the theme of my honorable mentions is I just had a good time. I I really enjoyed them. I thought that Super Mario Brothers movie was kind of fun. It's colorful. It's candy. It's it's what the movie should have been back when we got the live action. Yeah, sure. Did it have a story? No. Okay. Does any Mario anything ever have a story? Oh, listen, that uh, the original was Eye of Assistance. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best story in a Mario ever. Um, Game Night. First time I ever saw hey, 2018's that's Game a Night. Funny comedy. Oh no, he died. <laughs> um, I I literally laughed two tears twice in this movie. Uh, I think very highly of it. Fantastic. Yeah. One of the most bizarre and fun movie experiences I've ever had was when I watched The Cabin in the Woods for the very first time. Love it. I think this movie is insane. That mm-hmm. almost made my worst. It's oh I I love it so Me much. Too. Bad child acting. What? Bad child acting. Not not knock at the cabin. Cabin oh. in the Woods with Chris oh. Hemsworth. Yeah, Joel. <laughs> not my apologies. Cabin in the woods. Yeah, no. Editor's note. I thought he might not get the cabin. <laughs> yeah, no, Cabin in the Woods. The fun, weird yeah, one. Joel, no, I was like, like, I thought I knew Joel. What? No, yeah, no, I, I, I own Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had a blast watching that. This just in. Good movie is good. Uh, Casablanca. Yeah. Holds up so well. So good. I was expecting slow, boring movie. The dialogue is is like absolutely Chris. out of a modern yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Sorkin would be so jealous. Okay, this one is for you guys, and maybe my biggest surprise of the year of how much I liked it. It is The Conjuring. Uh, honorable mention. That, yeah. I really, for a guy who doesn't like horror that much. I really, really liked it. <laughs> it's a scary movie. And then this one is also for you guys. I cannot believe I never actually saw it. I mean, I probably saw it as a child, but I never remembered it, and I was just whisked away and blown away at The NeverEnding Story. Yeah! That was a first-timer in 2023. I believe so. <laughs> so wow. happy right at least now. sat down and watched the whole thing. Man, you showed it to your children. Well, I, I think I told you guys, I, I I think I only remembered part two. Yes. I think I only ever saw part two. That in the yeah. ring. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, so, NeverEnding Story. Man, it's so good. It is good. Joel, what's your favorite movie? That your I watched favorite movie that you saw that in 2023. You saw. Now, New to you. I need to apologize to Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Apologies Can't, to Matt Damon. Uh, I'm what? sorry. I didn't watch Last Night in Soho before 2023. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. I love this movie. Yeah. So, uh, but it's an Edgar Wright movie. So that's mm-hmm. why I tossed it over to Kent. So, Edgar Wright, who did Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. So, I was trying to figure out a good uh, kickoff movie to the October season. Yeah. And I knew this one had some dark elements. And I don't, I don't like to dive into the deep end in October. I like to start off with kind of a fun horror and then get scarier as the month goes along. It's, you know, kind of my waiting into the season. And then I was like, yeah, I'll give Last Night and So a chance. Here's, here's the synopsis. Aspiring fashion designer Eloise is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters dazzling wannabe singer Sandy, but the glamour is not as it seems, and the dreams of the past crack and splinter into something darker. And this stars Thomas and McKenzie, Anna Taylor-Joy, Matt Smith, uh, Terrence Stamp, Diana Rigg. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it didn't do well at the box office. No. It, the budget was $43 million, It made $23 million. But a lot of that people say this was like, yeah, pandemic affected movie. It also felt like a vibe movie, like a '70s sort of vibe movie you would have seen made back then. Yeah, well, and, and I don't think is, that's for everybody. I I do think that it's a little darker uh, than it probably needed to be. 
because it's not just horror. No, the content is darker. Um, because it is R, and yeah. and uh, it uh, for a number of reasons. VidAngel had to do some jumping at some parts, mm-hmm. but it is it is a dazzling mix of sound and story. The way the camera works and the way they do these practical effects, it, it is so carefully crafted. The it, once again, Edgar Wright does the music matching with what's happening on the camera, and it it it's like the soundtrack is as choreographed as the dance numbers. And I didn't know what to expect in this movie. I went into it fairly blind. Yeah. And I was watching the story unfold, and I did not see it coming. And when when everything starts going crazy, I was totally mesmerized by what was happening. And uh, I thought, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie, she is just impressing me more yeah. and more with every movie she's in. I think the first one I saw her in, was it Jojo Rabbit? She's got a promise. I can't remember. She's got a promise right. in the future. But I remember she's seeing her, well. and I was like, she's going to be good. And every time I've seen her, I'm like, she's really good. And then, yeah. uh, Zach, to your credit, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy commands the screen whenever yeah, she's very, on the screen your eyes are on very her. interesting character asked to do some complicated things yeah very yeah. good and then diana rigg mm-hmm. uh, uh, who uh if you don't know who she is uh she was lady holiday in, in uh muppets uh muppet great muppet caper great muppet caper <clears throat> what oh and game of thrones what <laughs> yeah oh and uh, she's also tracy bond she's tracy bond yeah she's james bond wife there's actually two bond girls in this movie and they sadly both passed away after yes, the filming of it uh, they're older um <laughs> <laughs> Why did I need to clarify that? Happens. Why did I need to clarify that? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a, like, yeah, okay. They weren't anyway. murdered. Yes, they weren't murdered or anything like that. Uh, but this really was just a, a pleasantly dark surprise. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I think more people should take a stab at watching Last Night. Oh. Ah. Great I, pick. That's a great yeah. pick. I saw this with Kent mm-hmm. at the screener, and then I, I took my wife again to see it. Yeah. And then I've watched it on an airplane twice. Yeah. I love this movie. It'd be a great airplane movie. It's actually. a great airplane movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still, some of the songs were just so catchy. The sixties music that was yeah. playing the whole time was like, this is so fun. Anyway, yeah. there you go. And then, then they go to, she walks into the Thunderball. Yeah. The premiere or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's great. Joel, you seem to think that you knew what my top movie was going to be. Yes. What is it? Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning part one. No, no. I, he, he was, uh, he was lukewarm when I mentioned it. Lukewarm. I thought you were just playing coy. It was, it was my most anticipated movie last year. But I'm yeah, therefore, it. therefore, it must be his biggest disappointment. Bummer. Kind of, actually. Hmm. Then Rebel Moon, probably. Whew. Past Lives. What's Past oh, Lives, you ask? the romantic comedy, the Japanese one? Not a comedy whatsoever. Oh, the one with Kevin Spacey uh, turning into a cat. Nine Lives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, please no. A Saturday's Warrior? I don't even know. <laughs> no. uh, so, Past Lives was one, I think like most of my top five is Sundance movies. That's why I'm saying the year this started This was the really so long one, right? No, this one is just under two hours. What's the one I'm thinking of then? Japanese couple... Really long. Is that not past lives? No. Everything everywhere all at once. No. No. So this one, it's under two hours. This is a Korean couple. So Nora and Sung, two deeply connected childhood friends, are arrested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. Hmm. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. And this movie just comes out of nowhere. Joel, you know I'm a sucker for Richard Linklater and the yeah. Before Sunrise movies. Oh, yeah. They are just dialogue-heavy movies where two people who are clearly in love are just talking about life. And for some reason, I'm all about that genre. Granted, I think it's also there's kind of a star-crossed lover sort of thing. I, I really get into that. And this movie is absolutely crushing. I don't want to spoil anything, really, but just maybe to draw people in. These two are kind of like meant to be together from when they were 12 and then when uh, the girl's family moves like across the world, they don't connect until like Facebook becomes a thing and they become Facebook friends. And then they start Skyping each other. And you're like, okay, make it happen. And then it's like, okay, but then they stop talking for reasons. And then more time passes for reasons. to the present day. And you're like, but why are they not 
together. Mm-hmm. These two are meant to be together. And this movie goes into why. And then when they reunite, it's like this thing where you just want them to fall in love and be in love, but there are valid reasons why they should never be. And this is one of those stories of regret, longing, and sticking to your convictions. And I love this movie more than Oppenheimer. Wow. (sighs) I believe you. But that's not directed by Edgar Wright or Christopher Nolan. Or Zack Snyder. It's her first movie ever. Huh. Is this her peak? Oh, 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 I hope not. Yeah. I hope Marvel doesn't like, hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money if you have more movies. <laughs> okay, Zach, what's your top movie? I kind of wish Kent would go last in this category so he can actually do a movie from 2023. Because <laughs> I'm not going to. Um, again, being me and not having seen everything, uh, there's a wonderful world out there. And my life was made so much better by a, a titan of film that entered my world. Two movies... I've never seen before, so I have to pick one. But, gentlemen, I saw Paddington 2 for yeah. the first time this year. <laughs> Not the family film. I family also films. saw Paddington for yeah. the first time this year. These are movies that apparently a Wait, lot so of our listeners haven't even seen. Are you picking Paddington or Paddington 2? I'll pick Paddington 2. Okay. But I'm. It, it's collective. I saw both for the first time this year. Uh, Paddington, now happily settled with the Brown family, spoilers for Paddington, and a popular <laughs> member of the local community, picks up a series of odd jobs to buy the perfect present for his Aunt Lucy's 100th birthday, only for the gift to be stolen. Uh, but both of these movies are just a wonderful romp through uh, London yeah, uh, and, and if, the most wonderful version. If you have kids, you should definitely watch this with them. If you don't have kids, you should still watch these movies. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they, They're they, feel-good movies to a T. And I do appreciate, I'll give the nod to Paddington 2, which has an entire scene in a barbershop. Pretty happy about that. That's true. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> and orange marmalade on hair. It's, he licks it. Makes me very uncomfortable. But uh, the, the clippers that Paddington uses, I have the same ones, the very same. <laughs> so I was happy with that. But no, Paddington 2 is just such a wonderful movie. And uh, it, was, it was one that was uh, an instant buy. I think we rented it because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't streaming at the time. And of course, like two months later, it was on everything. Yeah. But uh, we had to rent it. And then my wife just said immediately, like, buy it. We're, yeah. we're buying this movie. Put it on digital. I want to have access to it at all times. It is so <laughs> wonderful. And we have watched it multiple times since. Um, it is a, a charming picture book of a movie. Uh, it makes you feel good. And you again, you can watch it with the entire family and have a good time. Or just, you know, you and a spouse or a significant other or a date or whatever. Yeah. So just to recap, um, Zach's is a feel-good movie about a, a stuffed bear yeah. come to life. Well, no, but, he's a real bear. I know, but in the, in the book. <laughs> from yeah. deepest Peru. Yes, yes. He's from Peru. <laughs> but a lovely story about a family Don't who loves so a bear. Don't get so defensive. Uh, Kent's is about romance and mine's about murder. <laughs> I like it. That hey, lines up to who we are as people. <laughs> that's marketable. That is marketable. Mm-hmm. We are marketable. Sports. <laughs> Politics. Murder. So there you go. Uh, you guys want to run through yours real quick. Uh, bottom five. Let's just go through all that real quick. Okay, I'll start on this one. Uh, so my worst ones are in order from five to one. Ghosted, The Marvels, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, The Flash, and Skinamarink. Mine, uh, Elvis, Glass Onion, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Hereditary, and The Goonies. <laughs> For a lot of people, that's like their top five. Uh, I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, my worst, Magical Mystery Tour, Simply Irresistible, Rent, Prom Night, and Crybaby. Wow. I don't want to see it. Joel, yours might be the worst It's ones. really bad. They're, yeah. they're worse, yeah. the worst, they're bad. What about your top all right, and from five to one, talk to me, John Wick Chapter Four, Flora and Son, Oppenheimer, and Past Lives. Mine, still a Michael J. Fox movie. In Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part One, the first one, Dead <laughs> Reckoning, Mission Impossible. 
The Godfather, Oppenheimer, and Paddington 2. Nice. That's quite the mix there. <laughs> it is all over the I just life. realized I have two documentaries on mine, on my yeah. top five. Well, it must be here from documentaries. Mine are Beatles, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years, Jeremiah Johnson, Tetris, still a Michael J. Fox movie, and Last Night in Soho. It's almost like we did a documentary show. It's yeah. almost like we did. Uh, uh, but let us know, listener, if you've seen these movies, if you enjoy these movies, if you disagree with our decisions, or if you agree with them. We also want to see your list. Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram the worst movies that you saw last year or that were made last year, and the best movies as well. We want to hear from you. And before we go, we'd like to give some love to our patrons, those that support Bacon Cell and help us keep the lights on here in the Bacon Cave, including the I'm a Listener tier, which is... Taylor Sanderson, Certain Madam Hicks, Shannon West, Ryan and Marley, Rocky and Steph. Remember, remember how badly Joel wanted Masterminds to come out? Scott Sprague. <laughs> it's so true. We're like so three bad. years. I know. <laughs> Lady Terry Finley, Juice the Cooler King Swallowed, Jennifer Kilkowski, Dave Kelly, Casey Cummings, Bridges Off to Preach the Good Word, Angela Plotz, Andrew is literally Ryan Gosling, Alicia Bass, and Adam and Rachel Crump. And then we have our Bacon Council, which includes the other Brit, Johnny English, the one, the only, Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite Ross, Star Wars expert, Kyler, our favorite couple of Madsons, Nicole D. Kale, a Royal Highness, Jessica Terry, Glow Clean Daniel, Debbie Foster, and Beaker! Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. You are the dead wrecking to our parabellum. <laughs> you are the, yep. skin, so the skinnamarink to our dinky-dink? Mm-mm. No. I hate it. Yeah. But you're you're that. Yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter. You can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Kenny3DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at TumblingMustard. But more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Uh, go ahead and like that Facebook page and visit at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. After you've done that, go to tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself some merch. And then if you like what's going on here and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale. We have all sorts of fun behind the scenes perks and of course those ever famous bacon bits which kicked off the year before the actual yeah. episode. If you're a patron, you gotta hear our voices before our voices aired for everybody. It's true. Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, you know, just looking at our list, guys, you know what? We are that innocent. Joel's rules. Joel's rules are best. It's episode 500 yet. Movies like a joke. The quarters call the calendar year. Only movies that were released theatrically in certain cities in the calendar year. I don't know if you know this, but I am a card-carrying movie critic. Wait, that's not what we're talking about today, Zach. What are we? What are we talking about today? Did we not say that? Did we not say that? What are we talking about? Curse you, AI! <laughs> Joel, you're lying. Joel, line. Uh-oh. Zach, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about movies! Yay! Why it's... do you hate beautiful people? <laughs> I'm jealous. She's, She's good at five. Selma time. A magical crab. <laughs> okay. A magical all. Period. Because it, it wasn't the worst bottom. I'm also sad about my trauma. Everyone has finally joined me in the sun. Can't was right all. Rent better. owes me money. She is at her Adele Dazemius movie. Modoc bum? Chocolate. 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 Late night chocolate. Zach Stein. Banana. This is Shark Boy and Lava Girl for Soft Brains. I am so sorry, Kent. I am so sorry. Joel, what's your second bottle? That was my favorite goth band, though. The Sanctity of Disease. It's all done in fingernail clippings. I also wish that it was never inside my heart or soul ever. It's like, well, like a, a beautiful sculpture made of pineapple. I would hate it, yeah. but I can appreciate that. And that, a lot of work went into that. Then, anyways, there's some bloody glory texture. Is all I'm saying. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I'm fine with blood. It's like the graininess? It's, it's like the brain matter? Is that what we're talking about? Good. Eyes? Eyeballs? Stop. Tell it's a complete story, you coward. A content warning. It is Irish. <laughs> Player play can't filter out Irishness, Kent. <laughs> I know what you did. I'll be back.